Love Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Bright Side with Technicia, and I am your host, Technicia. Today is January 16th. 2017, and yes, this month is almost over with, and I hope you have your stuff in order. Yes, I really do. Today is January 16th, so we're in observance for Martin Luther King, and I hope that we are doing just that. So if you're out and about, you know there are good events going on today in Atlanta, so make sure you take in in tune with that today. With me, because you know this show is all about motivation, it's about authors, who have books out telling you about issues with your relationship, maybe your mental health. I talk to people who have been through the experiences of sex trafficking from ADHD, deafness, blindness. You know, I talk to all kinds, people who talk with animals, who have spiritual connections with other human beings. So this show is all in connection with all that. It's not in particular to one subject. But everybody is in this. That's why it's called the bright side, because we're always looking for the brighter side to things we don't have an answer to. And solutions, to me, are a brighter side. But with me, I have the pleasure of being here with an award-winning author, change catalyst, corporate speaker, international facilitator, and practicing consultant hypnosis, who brilliantly and skillfully uncovers the powers of the subconscious mind, body connection, working through relationship and life issues with clients, both personally and for business. With an eclectic background in journalism, the corporate world, and counseling, Dr. Georgina Cannon is a powerful catalyst for change in a person, a couple, or a corporation organization. Writing, teaching, lecturing, and appearing in the media, she attracts audiences both young and old, including the 78 million baby boomers in North America and looking forward to the second half of their life and seeking insight and inspiration on life's deepest questions. Now, Georgina goes all the way back with one of her awesome books that we're going to also um, talk a little bit about on, but she is an award-winning board-certified master consultant hypnosis and in 1997 found the Ontario Hypnosis Center, which within a few years became Canada's leading hypnosis training facility and clinic. She has sent so the Ontario Hypnosis Center to focus on her writing, lecturing, and client work. An accredited life coach, she is recognized as the public face of hypnosis and the mind-body connection in Canada and is a respected member of the comp- complimentary health community. And I have the pleasure of having her on so we can discuss her newest book that just came out of last month, the Third Circle Protocol, How to Relate to Yourself and Others in a Healthy, I said healthy, that's right, vibrant, involving way, always and always. Georgina, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm glad to have you on. No. That introduction, can okay. I take you with, with Sorry, that introduction? That, that's okay. Okay. Can yeah. I take you everywhere okay. I go? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you can. Um, to be honest, to be honest with you, listeners, Georgina and I, we were so good in conversation last week, but unfortunately, it did not record at all. And I was like, "Oh, bummer!" It had the intro and then it had the outro. I was like, "But it doesn't have us communicating at all," and and which is a perfect word for what we'll be talking about today because we are going to talk about relationships. Dealing with your work relationships, your marriage, your marriage relationships, siblings relationships, including yourself, which is going to start with yourself. So, Georgina, let's start off by giving the listeners a little background of why you started this book and also what is the Third Circle Protocol. Okay, I started this book because I had a client come into my clinic who had 
inherited a, a family business. And he'd been in the business for three years. He'd inherited from, the, from his parents. And for some reason, he found himself getting really angry. And he came to me to release anger management. He wanted anger management. And when I started talking to him, <clears throat> I realized that what had happened is that one of the members of his staff that he inherited had known him since he was four years old and was treating him like he was four years old. And, um, in, and then he would lose his temper like he was four years old. <laughs> so, in fact, what they were doing was living out a snapshot of their relationship. So, for instance, he'd hold a, a, a meeting with all the staff and come up with some ideas for making things better with customer relations or whatever. And she, the, the bookkeeper, a lovely lady, would lean over, pat him on the arm and say, you know, dear, it's fine the way it is. Our customers love us. And he would lose it because she was diminishing him. So he didn't like that. He didn't like the way he treated her. And he didn't also didn't like the fact that he got angry with her. He wasn't that sort of guy. He was a very nice, gentle guy. And the following day, she felt so upset that she'd upset him that she brought him cookies. And he looked at me and he stamped his foot and pounded on the table and said, I don't want her cookies. So I said, well, you're sounding like a four-year-old now. So they were treating each other exactly like they had been when they first met. And we do this with our siblings and we do it with a lot of people. So looking at that, I realized that they were living in an old pattern, an old contract that neither of them had talked about. Neither of them had rewritten that contract. They'd not got together and said, okay, now I'm the boss. This is my role. You're the bookkeeper, which we honor and respect because you have a history and you know our clients and our customers. Honor and respect that. This is what we need from each other. At no point did they do that. And we don't do that with most people. We don't talk about the relationship we have. We take it for granted. And that's where expectations of us fail. Right. That's what I'm figuring now by listening to what you just said. That's what we mainly have to do. We have to. So basically, we have to know our roles in the relationship. And I, and that's where people are messing up. They don't know their roles. They don't know what role to actually play. That's right. And, and, and part of that contract is what do we absolutely need from every relationship we have? Do we need respect? Do we need to be heard? Do we need kindness? Do we need laughter? What do we need? What are the five must-have things that we need? And then what do we want? What would be nice to have? And then the third part of that is what are we prepared to give? What are we prepared to give to that relationship to make it thriving and healthy and always growing? So, you know, we get rid of the unsaid piece and we start looking at it from a very realistic point of view about the sort of relationships we want with everybody. And if we have a partner or someone else that we're with, like a friend or a family member or a colleague that has the same values that we do and the same priorities we we do, then that's added value and it's more likely to work. But we don't know that unless we ask the questions. That makes sense? Right, and that's what we're losing now, Georgina. We're losing a lot of communication. That's why we have a high status of marital divorces and and things of that sort, or we have people quitting their job because no one is actually talking amongst themselves. We we and I know it's a lot of things that people do. They jump to assumptions real quick. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the bad one. We jump to assumptions. And the interesting thing is we always believe we know what other people are thinking. You know, we say, oh, I know what she's thinking. Well, we don't. Half the time we don't know what we're thinking. So how can we know what they're thinking, really? Right. What are some ways, um, you know, maybe people can go about satisfying those roles in a relationship? I know you mentioned, you know, you should talk it out. You should probably write it down. But are there other ways that that we can learn these lessons? Sure, absolutely. First of all, recognize that you've got to do it with yourself first. And in the book, I've got a whole uh, list of tables and questionnaires and explanations that will help you. Because I wrote this book so that I could almost handhold people through the process. Because once you've done it for yourself, never mind anybody else, it changes your life. It makes you much more comfortable in your skin You know who you are and what you uh, want and need from everybody else. 
and what you can expect. So there's no hidden contracts. There's no disappointments. There's no being let down or being taken advantage of because you're aware. You've moved it from the unaware to the aware. And in the book, we have um, uh, lists of, you know, what, what are your values? What, what's important to you, particularly with your siblings or your parents or, or the partners that you have in your life? And what, is, um, what are your priorities? What's, what's important over the next six months? What do you want to achieve? And how are you going to get there? Are the people around you going to help you or hinder you? And all of this knowing, all of this wisdom, this self-wisdom and self-awareness helps you become much more comfortable in your skin because you know who you are. And once you do that, nobody can really hurt you. Right. And that's the main thing you start off with in your book anyway before you even before you even get into the details of how to handle other relationships. The first relationship is with yourself, and a lot of people forget that. You can't go around loving someone else if you can't even love your own self. You can't go and fix something else if you don't have your house in order. It starts with ourselves. We can't teach our children yeah. how to do right if we're not doing it ourselves, you know. So she made the balance point, Georgina, in this book of hers, The Third Protocol. You start with yourself. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to have yourself examined, make sure you evaluate yourself because how you know what values you want if if you don't even know what your own values are, if you don't know your own beliefs? That's right. That's right. And the other thing you have to know is your own truths. What have you been living with? What have you been telling yourself that may be not necessarily true anymore? You know, we all grow and we change. So have a good look about all the things your teachers may have told you that you believe now but may not necessarily be true or your parents right. have told you. Or society tells you that may not necessarily be true, you know. Um, you know, I, I had a look at that, and one of the things that um, <laughs> that aren't necessarily true is I grew up believing that hard work made you successful. Not necessarily true. You have to be smart. You have to be, you know, aware. You have to have some education as well to be successful. Just working hard doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. So it wasn't true. It wasn't true, right? Right. You you definitely nail that on the point on the point right there. It does not make you successful because you work hard at all. Mm-mm. Right. Because we got we have a lot of people who are in business, and that does not make them an entrepreneur. And every entrepreneur don't know business. That's right. For sure. Absolutely, for sure. Just because you've got a good idea and you think it's going to be a bit a business doesn't mean to say it's going to work unless you understand how businesses run. For sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah. The, in, in the book, for instance, we have an action chart that talks about the five actions, four or five actions that you can do or think and change to improve the relationship with yourself and both under personal, family, career, and spiritual. So... You know, what can you change to move forward in your life and feel comfortable in your life? And uh, not anybody else. You know, it's, it's you. It's about you first. Right. And I love throughout the book, each section of the book details on life values and priorities. It has a list that you can actually, if you if you take your time out, you can actually probably make copies of this, but it has a list of, your key life values, your key priorities for each relationship with your friends, with your boss. And, and I love the fact, just because you talk to someone, or tell, especially if you're paying them, they are not your friend. You can talk to someone, but you have to really know if they're your actual true friend or not. Because a lot of people, you can tell your problems to somebody all day. Oh, I told you my problems. I thought you were listening. Yeah, but uh, I really wasn't interested. They really didn't want to tell you the truth. I don't care nothing about you, you know. So you have to be very wise in who you choose to tell your business to, who you consult in for help, because everyone that you tell your business to, it might be in the streets by the end of the day, you know, but I, I love it, Georgina, that you have it laid out in detail and every action, action chart and everything. So someone can really evaluate, Hey, this is my priorities with my sibling relationship and my family to them. Am I maybe an enemy to them? And this probably will consult to you wondering why they haven't spoken to you in a week or so or 
Why are they mad with me? Maybe I need to put them at the top of my list. Maybe they need to be more of a family member to me or, you know, so I really like how you have it laid out in each section of your book. Well, thank you. And, and by the way, if, if people want more copies of the forms that are in the book, they can go to my website and download them. So they don't have to write in the book if they don't want to. But that's absolutely your choice, right? Um, there's, a right. Wonderful, there's a wonderful quote in the book. It uh, wasn't mine. It's written by a woman called Pamela Dugdale. And it says, siblings, like our brothers and sisters, are the people we practice on, the people who teach us about fairness, cooperation, and kindness and caring, quite often the hard way. <laughs> yeah. So um, if we are lucky enough to have friendly, caring, warm siblings, that's great. But most families are pretty messy. <laughs> and uh, hey, we don't always... <laughs> to put it nicely. <laughs> and we don't always have siblings that are kind, but it teaches us how to be kind if we're not kind, if we don't receive it, right? So well, I think a lot of family, right, I think a lot of family members will enjoy this one because it can get messy in families. That was a nice, that was a cute way of putting it, Dr. Georgina. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they definitely... They definitely need to read this book, especially mine. <laughs> you'll think we you'll think we enemies be at each other's throat. Be like, wait a minute. <laughs> we cousins. We're brothers and sisters. Why are we at each other's throat? Like <laughs> it looks like you be thirsty for the blood. <laughs> yeah, this That's is right. definitely work. Now um and I think how yeah, does, and I think I, oh, I think oh, part oh. of that is that we take snapshots. Again, back to the snapshots. Particularly in families. Uh-huh. We act to each other like we did when we were kids. Right. I do agree. And we need to but, grow um, up. But having grown up, you could be 30 years old and still act like you're five. It's it's really <laughs> ridiculous. It is. Um, I wish we lived next door to each other. We could talk about this for hours. <laughs> okay, really. We could. We could because, you know what, it, all, it goes back to, I think, since bringing up an age difference or the way we're childish, I think a most men, like some men are very, men don't expand like us women to me when it comes to right. thinking. They're much slower with thinking. I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to offend you. It's just my, um, uh, what's that? My my opinion. So don't get mad with me. But I think <laughs> that most men are just slower in thinking. They don't grow up as fast as we do. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they they uh, they they are very simplistic in their thinking. And, and uh, it doesn't make it wrong because in some cases it works very well. It works very well in business, for instance. Yeah. Women are more holistic in their thinking. They think more of what if and what if and what if and maybe I could and what about this. and You know, they're better problem solvers in some ways. Right. Now, getting back to your book, how does the third circle protocol teach a – the reader, how to understand the often unspoken or unrecognized contracts we have with each other. And do we have contracts with everyone? Yes, we have contracts with everyone. So when you go into the supermarket, for instance, and you, you've got all your stuff in the basket and you go to cashier to cash out, you have expectations of that cashier. Okay. Whoops, it's my exercise program. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So yeah. yes, I I do I do have a special a requirement from the cashier. I want you to mainly be friendly with me. Hey, how you doing? Bring up my product. Give yeah. me my exact change. That's right. Yeah, until you expect the, the right change, you expect to be served well. You expect uh, um, respect, and she expects you to pay you or he expects you to pay your bill. So there's an unspoken expectation there. It doesn't matter who it is, with your child and the teacher or um, or you and your boss or the boss and their boss. Everybody has a relationship. When we go into the bank, when we go anywhere, uh, in Toronto we use the subway and, and, and streetcars a lot. The, the person that's driving the, the, the subway and the person that's driving the streetcar, expects passengers to behave in a certain way, and we expect them to do their job in a certain way. That's the contract we have. We have it with our siblings. We have it with our lovers. We have it with our married partners or unmarried partners. And 
what I'm suggesting is that instead of it being unspoken, it's brought out into the air, particularly around very close relationships with loved ones, with aging parents, with um, colleagues that maybe we don't get along with too well. We need to bring it out into the air so we can see what we need and how we can make things work well. Okay. And I guess the same thing goes for me. I have a contract with my guests. I go to your table. You expect me to do certain things to serve you in a professional manner to where you could be satisfied to eat your dinner, leaving a tip, and go on about your day. So everyone has a relationship. That's very interesting. I guess it goes as far as having a relationship with even animals. I'm going to include them, too. Yeah. Your animal yeah. you to treat a certain way. You expect your animal to be obedient, unless it's a lizard. I don't expect yeah. you to get out of <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to get out of the cage if you're a spider. I expect you stay in your cage. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> so cool. I want, you stay, I want you to stay in the cage. <laughs> That's the only relationship we're going to have together. That's including spiders and snakes and all. You just stay on in that cage. You'll be just fine. <laughs> Do your kids have spiders and snakes? No, thank God they don't. Someone, and you know what brings me to the point? Someone actually posted that up on Facebook and asked, what animal is not allowed for your spouse to have? And I said, well, one of them was snakes. And I'm glad I did not meet my husband earlier in the process because he was into having snakes. So I was like, thank God I didn't meet you earlier because there's no way we would have had a relationship right now. <laughs> no, no spiders, <laughs> none of them lizards. I like looking at them from a distance in the cage would be just fine. And my daughters are the opposite. They love that stuff. I just won't allow it in my house, but they love it. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> it teaches them kindness, too, you know, and respect for other animals and other people, other things, yeah. Yeah, it does, because we have so much human cruelty. Um, animal cruelty out here, so that definitely will work for a lot of people who have so much hatred in their heart. I wish that everyone could get this book, because all the chaos that we have going on into 2017, which January is not even over with, but as soon as I turned on the news, the first day of January, you already hear, you hear about the killings. It's like, oh my God, we haven't even started off right. We're already starting off. So I think it's just going to get worse, Georgina, if no one actually gets a hand on communicating, just start finding out what the real issue is here. And I, I think we know what the real issue is here. So we we going to need a very good hands-on from our Lord and Savior God above because we're going to need it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think so, too. I think, uh, yeah, we've got an interesting yeah. next six months happening. Yeah, we do. And everyone walking around, oh, I don't I don't like Trump. I, I don't like this. First of all, I mean, going back in history, such as George Wallace, as a president, it wasn't as polite with him. I mean, right. he sent out some people, you know, sent out, excuse me, I don't want to start a, a warfare here, but he sent out KKK. He um, he orchestrated and administered a lot of violence going on with colored people in the community. So Donald Trump has no comparison to that. And I think first and foremost, reason why, you know, Donald Trump, like him at the business aspect, I, I do. Great entrepreneur, and all have to give him a shot. We have to give him a chance. People, and most of the ones who are speaking on it didn't even go vote. You didn't right. go vote. You right. didn't get the word out. So you should not have your mouth open at all. That's what really gets me. The main <laughs> ones who really speaking on didn't even have anything to say. And I know a lot of people are upset with Obama, but at the same time, yes, I have my little concerns about Obama, but at the same time, he is just one man, logically. He's one man, and and no matter what, I still believe, even if you are the president, you still have an upper hand over you as well. You have a little control over what you can and cannot do. I don't think that he has control over everything. No, he certainly had no, no. support. No, he doesn't. There's no support no. in that position no. whatsoever, and of him being a colored man, of course not. 
So yeah. we just gonna yeah. hope and pray yeah. for the best while we have done Trump in office. And all I have to say for people, just make sure that you're teaching your children right and have them in order. Teach them more than what the schools are teaching them. That's all I have to say because either way, I mean, the government. You know, I learned this. People say the government does not help. No, the government does help. But the government helps entrepreneurs. The government helps people who want to help themselves. That's who the government is helping. It's not going to get up, oh, I should go out and tell you, um, this is what my mentor told me, I should go out and tell you that there's a lesser sale. If you choose to go to that store and buy that high meat without doing your research to know that there's cheaper meat somewhere else, then that's technically on you. That's not nobody else, and it's not anyone's fair game to tell you, hey, there's a sale going on over here because they're not going to do that. So, you know, I know we got off the subject, but it's just so interesting to me, you know, the way things evolve around here in the world today, and we're not sitting down and actually evaluating any of it. We just go with the flow. Well, you know, it's amazing. You just, you, you have to, you have to use your best self all the time. You know, your kindest self, your best self. Right. You do. Yeah. Um, now, Georgina, I guess, me and Georgina just have a wonderful conversation. But see, this is what makes my show interesting because sometimes we don't always stick on the subject. It always leads into other things. That's why I love good conversations <laughs> at this. Um, right. Georgina, did you did you particularly develop this protocol working with clients or was this through life experiences itself? It Well, life experience always comes with you wherever you go, right? So, it, it yes, certainly um, it certainly clicked with me with in my client base, but it reminded me that my sister and I had a discussion a few years ago because we were getting into arguments all the time, and we suddenly realized that part of the problem was we were still treating each other the same way we did when we were younger. We had we hadn't uh, moved into adulthood; we were behaving like young teenagers. And uh, it was ridiculous. So we, we started to realize that this snapshot we had of each other wasn't true anymore. And that was the genesis. That was the beginning of the, um, of the whole idea of the contract, the unspoken contract, and how we need, it needs to be changed. And then when the client came in who had inherited his family business and had the same issue with his bookkeeper, I thought there's something here. So I started looking at it and started to really decide a way to mend that so it doesn't continue not only with uh, siblings but also everywhere and then I got into a relationship issue with one of my clients about their aging parents and realized that that needs to be looked at slightly differently because we still need to bring in the values and the priorities but it has to be the aging parents priorities because even though we're now taking care of aging parents uh, and our values come into it, any relationship, we have to consider theirs because they've lived with them all these 80 years or somewhat, and they're not going to suddenly give over um, because they're feeling vulnerable anyway. They're not suddenly going to change their value system. So the contract that we have with aging parents is different. It's probably the only one that is really different in the book because um, we're not operating out of our own values. We're operating out of theirs. So that's right. how it all came about. Right. Uh, so even, with people, even with the people we pay, like the professionals in our life, you know, the dentist, the doctor, the hairdresser, um, we, want, we want a good relationship with these people too. And it's easier with some than others. For instance, it's easier to have a good relationship with your hairdresser, otherwise you wouldn't go. But sometimes when you go to the dentist or you go to the medical profession, you go to the doctor, you come away feeling disrespected or you come away feeling... Uh, made like a child or, or you, you didn't get all the information or confused and how can we mend that well again it's a contract it's an unspoken contract so I went out and I interviewed a whole pile of professionals um, lawyers doctors, dentists uh, personal trainers, hairdressers and got their take on what they wanted from their patients and their clients in the way of a relationship and it was really telling what they said. And that's all in the book, too. So if you go to speak to your lawyer or you go to speak to your doctor, 
and you go prepared with what they want for an ideal relationship, then you'll get more than you've got before because you're working on this third circle. You're working on the relationship issue because people are people, whatever uniform they're wearing or whatever uh, title they have. They're still human beings inside and they want to be respected. They want to be heard the same as we do. Right. That is so true. No matter what. And that's how I feel when I'm in my uniform at work. I want to be treated with respect. Don't look at me and belittle me because of my position. Because by the end of the day, you never know what credentials a person has because of their uniform. You look at the garbage disposal man and say, oh, he just dumped garbage. Don't know if he went to school for anything else. Maybe he's working on a degree now. We don't know, and we choose to talk to people in any sort of way. And, and we have a bad habit. We do. We have a bad habit in doing that as human beings because we don't. Most of us don't think. We just think about ourselves. We don't look at the other side of the picture. Well, maybe this person going through this. Maybe that person had a bad day or something like that. You know, even though it's not really well in my profession. What I do is not the guest concern. Hey, don't care if she having a bad day. Your personal issue is not theirs. But sometimes it is good to look at that because, first of all, I got to serve your food. <laughs> so you might want to look at it, but I'm not that type of person. And I always tell guests that because I have had some joke with me. Oh, you going to do this? Child, I don't want to do that because I definitely don't want nobody doing nothing to my food. So you do not have to worry about me playing with your food at all. I will get you, karma will get you back for me. I don't worry about that foolishness. But... We're going to take a, a short commercial break. We're going to come back with Georgina. We're going to discuss more on her third circle protocol and how to get your stuff in order with any relationship that you're dealing with. Don't forget to call in 347-426-3751. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio, darling. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Log Talk Radio, baby. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you practice how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, Good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everywhere. Welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, I'm here with Dr. Georgina Cannon, discussing on her book, The Third Circle Protocol, how to relate to yourself and others in a healthy, vibrant, involving way, always and always communicating with others and getting to the nitty-gritty of things, figuring out what is the problem through any relationship that we have, sibling, marital, job, yourself first and foremost. So that's what we're here to do. Please do call in at 347-426-3751. The line is definitely open for you if you have any questions for either one of us. George, But, Georgina, does it work? Well, basically, we know that it works with anyone, no matter the kind of relationship that you're in love, work, or bosses, but what exactly mm-hmm. do you mean when you say, what do you mean when you say the center core of your life is a firm and interactive relationship? Well, we are really n- not much of a human being without recognizing that we don't do anything alone. You know, even when we turn the light on, someone is there making sure we get the light, or when we turn the water on, someone is there making sure we get water coming through our taps. So we are part of community, whether we like it or not. And if we don't recognize that, and if we don't connect with other human beings, we become very isolated. And research has shown, as a matter of fact, that our brain shrinks. We, we need people in our life. We need to communicate. We need to connect. We need uh, recognition. We need love. We need respect. But we need community of some sort or another. And every single person 
connects with someone else if you go through your day. The only time you wouldn't is if you lived in a hut in the woods by yourself and got your own water from a stream and, you know, lit the candles. But even then you'd have to go and buy candles from somewhere. So we're never totally isolated. So really what this book is about is about showing you how to move through life with ease, um, with other people, uh, and knowingly and awareingly. So you don't go through life in anger or you don't go through life always feeling resentful. Um, how do you manage your relationships? Because the people are going to be there. They just are. And so how do you make it work for you? How do you make it work so that community, your community, your life is easy, flourishing, kind to each other, and kind to you? That's really what it's about. We, can't, we don't live by ourselves. We don't, we're not singular. We are community people. We're animals. We're community animals. That's why kids wow. have gangs, you know, really. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I never even had thought about it. Community animals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's something so, to really think about. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we feel better when we're in community. That's why people go to church, because we could certainly pray on our own, right? That's why, that's why we do everything together. Right. We thrive. Yeah. Right. Communication goes a long way, honey, down through history. I'm yeah. sure that's why I'm sure that's why there's a lot of things that happened before our time, you know. If if Jesus Christ could have said what he wanted to say and nip it on out the bud, I'm I don't know. Maybe he probably wouldn't have been at the cross and, and, and no joking in this one, but I'm just thinking, you know, making you think about how bad communication probably was back then. I'm sure we probably wouldn't have had no World War Two, no any wars. If, if somebody would have communicated, hey, look, look, this is all I really want to say, okay? I just want right. to tell you this, tell you that. I might want to tell you I don't like that wig on your hat, head that looks like it's curled <laughs> up or something. Something of that sort. We would, have these, we would not have had these issues if somebody would have sat down and communicated. But look at all these wars we all had throughout our whole Throughout our time of decades and decades, hundred decades, I'm telling you, communication is something serious. But they didn't have this book. Nobody was around here writing the Third Circle Protocol or telling these fools, "Hey, look, this is not what it was. It's not what it's about." Let me tell you something. He's over here plotting on you. You plotting on him. But both of you need to just rationalize and come together. It's not the way it works. So, <laughs> I wish they did have that back then. Um, but can anyone? Can you say anyone really? can have a relationship without guilt or angst? Um, yeah. You know, one of our sometimes more difficult relationships are relationships with teenagers. And this works brilliantly with them, too, if, as long as they choose to participate. As long as two things happen. First of all, the, the teenager has to be prepared to participate. Secondly, the parent has to be prepared to not wag the finger and talk about shoulds. And be critical. Because if both people work on the what I absolutely need, what I want, and what I'm prepared to give to that contract between you and I, mom, or you and I, dad, then you write the contract together. So if freedom is a big one for the teenager, which it usually is, we have to define what that means and the, the, the limits to it. So it would change it. So it would make a new contract. Respect, to be heard. Interesting enough, when you do it with teens and parents, you often find that many of the lists are the same. They both want the same thing. It's just it manifests differently for the different people. But if they can nail it down about what it looks like for each of them and agree to it, then and you check in every three months and you remember the contract, it changes the dynamic. It's extraordinary how well it works because it gives the teens some power to design their own way of interacting with their parent and also understanding the parent wants the same things that they do, which is respect, to be heard, love. to be loved, maybe laughter, whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah, that does. That makes definitely sense. You know, speaking of that, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure because it's a group I'm in on Facebook and I got to find out which one. A young lady was talking about her relationship 
with her daughter. I think her daughter was 17 or so. She was running away. She, um, she ran away from home. She hadn't heard from her. And people were suggesting, you know, 17, you're technically grown. But this book probably will help her out to learn that that's the type of relationship that you actually need with your daughter. We have to communicate. We actually have to know what they actually want. Because sometimes a child just wants you to, they want to be heard. That's all. They want right. to be heard. No more than that. Right, right. And that's respect. Why wouldn't we respect our own kids? <clears throat> right. And why, would, why wouldn't we bring them up to learn that they need to be respected? Right? Exactly. So, yeah, I remember when my daughter was about 14, I think I told you this, that, that at one point I was pushing her about her homework. And I said, you know, Cassandra, it's my job to push you. That's my job as a parent. And she said, yes, and it's my job to push back. And, and I laughed because she was right. It was true. That was the contract we had at that time. I was still treating her like she was eight, and she's now 14. And the contract has changed. Her job is to push back to get more wider boundaries. But she still had to do her homework. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we have to listen to them as well. Uh, if that's yeah. part of the contract. Yeah. It is, and it's, yeah, because the contract works both ways. I listen to you, you listen to me, mm-hmm. I show you mm-hmm. love, you show me love, you know, it works It works both ways, and you even had that in, in your book on mother uh, and daughter, you know, right. it's all about life values, it goes back to life values, it goes back to your priorities, your key learning, and, and of course, as you get older, you're not going to, and this for any teen out there, boy or girl, when you get older, there's going to be different values that you learn. You're going to learn different things. And I tell my daughters that what I teach you is what of my beliefs and my values. But as you get older, you're going to have your own beliefs and values. And you might not agree with me. There's nothing to get upset about, but that's the way life is. I have a lot of friends who say, well, my parent was this way, but now as I got older, I learned this way. So now I'm a Christian, you know. So you learn yeah. different things. Yeah, because <clears throat> in the book, we talk, when we talk about that mother and daughter, <coughs> excuse me, um, we asked what the, the daughter's values were and what, what she wanted. And she said the first thing was respect, love, freedom, family, friendship, travel, volunteering. And her mother's right. were family, love, respect, honesty, uh, friends, and they had a couple of different ones, but basically it was the same stuff. And um, they were surprised when they came together and they read each other's list. Because when there's just when there, sometimes when people are arguing all the time or bickering, they don't really listen to each other and they don't ask what's important to you. They're so busy fighting for their own turf <laughs> that they're not prepared to open the door to somebody else's turf. So when he's actually in front of them like that, they go, oh, oh, okay, well, we can work on that. And it became pretty good. I mean, they checked in every other month because she didn't want to go back. She didn't want to go directly to university. She wanted to take a year off, and that was the freedom part for her. And the mother insisted that um, if she does that, that's fine, but she has to work. She can't just hang around the house on the computer. So she has to work, and she has to do some volunteer work or something, you know. Yeah. God, no, that's right. Um, I feel the same way. Speaking on that of volunteer work, my husband has a stepdaughter. She's thirty-one. <laughs> I wouldn't care if she hear the show right now, but she's oh, she's sweet as she want to be, but just lazy, lazy as ever. And the agreement now is you have to start putting in your weight and time. You need to go out and find a job. If you can go out and go off everywhere else, you can go out and find a job. So I'm kind of like at my nitwit, and I guess I need to probably um, communicate better with her because I don't think she's understanding my communication. Communicate better mm-hmm. with her. Hey, job, you can't stay here on my couch all day and all night. You've been here close to almost a good year, so it's time for you to do something with your life. Going to a whole another year. And either you get a job or you're going to have to bounce. And and I think this book would definitely help me to really communicate with her the life values, my priorities that I live by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
but she has to agree to it, right? But if she sees it written down, she might find that as she starts working through her values and what she wants in a relationship with you and what she needs and actually documenting it and writing it down, getting out of her behavior into actual words, then she'll, she'll see the difference. It's really quite extraordinary how it works. Mm-hmm. You know what else I found interesting in your book? You and your ex. You and your ex. This would be a very interesting topic because I get a lot of, not a lot of comments, but I read a lot of posts on my timeline talking about their ex. And I'm like, oh, boy, um, I don't have those problems with my ex. Uh, I don't choose to continue any communication with him or any of them. But, you know, as it says, someone is the dumper and the other person is the dumpy. That's that's the bottom line. Some yeah. Someone got to be the dumper. Someone has to be the dump. But it is a complicated relationship because sometimes it don't always end up going on good terms, and especially if children are involved sometimes. Right. That's key. How do, but how again, do go, Georgina, how do, you, how do you go even about doing that? Because some people, you might have an ex you just can't stand. You don't even want to look at them, let alone even talk with them. And probably, if, even if you read the book, you'd be like, ah, I'm going to skip this chapter. I'm not doing this with them or her. <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you live according to your values, if you live according to what you believe in, if you're a person that believes in kindness or you believe in respect, then, you know, we want it for ourselves. Why don't we treat the other person that way? We can't control them, but we can certainly control and manage ourselves. And if we want uh, to have any sort of relationship with our ex because of the children, then these values need to come into place. And the interesting thing is when you treat people well, quite often they respond differently. If they come to you expecting for you to yell and scream and not listen to what they say or always find blame instead of treating them with respect, then they will come ready for battle. But when you start treating them differently from operating from your way of looking at life, in other words, taking the high road, not their road, uh, things change. And I, this is not you know, just wearing rose-colored glasses. I've seen it happen. And... Yeah, I've seen it happen with with people that have been thrown out of the house, leaving the kids behind. But we talk about the top human needs that everybody has. And that is, most people, it's certainty of some sort. And so we operate out of certainty. So if your ex is coming to you and they know they're going to be yelled and screamed at, then what sort of attitude are they going to have when they come to pick up the kids? And they know you're going to be there. So if you can change your interaction with them from your point of view, can't change them, can only change you, that you treat them according to your values, then your ex's certainty will change. He will come to you in a different way. So it's worth a read. It's worth looking at it and seeing if it works for you. But it's, I'm also saying that if, if you're the one that's been dumped, uh, be very careful not to operate out of anger or bitterness. Okay. Because it does many things. It shows the kids uh, an ungracious side of you. Uh, they shouldn't see that. They should see how you handle this sort of thing because life does it to us, whether it be a job or a person. How do you handle it? How do you handle it with your values, with grace, uh, without letting it uh, turn into um, uh, gossip, anger, you know, writing awful things on the Internet? Just treat it as an adult, not like a child reacting. makes a difference. And your kids will look at you with respect, too. Hold your head high and move on gracefully, you know. Just don't have any contact with them if they're really bad, which you've already done. Um, but make it, make sure you don't get caught up in the drama, that web of drama, and just mm-hmm. operate from your highest, best self. I totally agree with that. Because when it comes with the children, you want to show them the best example. You don't want to show them this is what a relationship is supposed to be all about, arguing every time you see each other face-to-face. So you want to be mindful of that. If, As you said, if you don't get along, move on. Co-parenting don't work for everyone if you break up in a relationship. And, and mm-hmm. thank God. I mean, try if, if, you know, sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you be in a marriage, especially if it's a marriage. You've been in it for years. You have children. It's very hard to want to split that family up. But if you're not. If you're not in that moment yet, if you're still at the boyfriend-girlfriend stage, my advice to you is to think very hard before you commit to 
having any children because once you do, you're you're not focusing on you anymore. It's about the children now. We're not focusing on, oh, I hate you, I hate you. No, no, it's not about you anymore. It's about the children. What are we going to do to make this, to reconcile all this negative energy? But, you know, because you put it it mainly in your book, you know, uh, well, we're focusing on being in the relationship and he had to split from his wife and they had children so you know you recommended um how to connect with his wife by reading the third circle protocol i mean it's just something that you have to do you got to find out what your human needs are right and right i mean you you, you, got, you got to be able to work with the person as a human being right and they may not be a very yeah. uh, kind or pleasant human being but you you still got to honor that they are a child of god and uh, you operate from your best self. Yeah, I keep saying that. I know, but it really is the best way to be. Yes. And and you and you stated so perfectly, Georgina. She gave you the warning. Do not. She even put it in her book. Do not go and text and put it all over Facebook, Snapchat, um, Instagram. You hate the person. I don't like you good. Everybody don't have to know your business. Everybody don't have to know your business. You open up a floodgate when you let the people in your business. That's the problem with a lot of people. And then you get mad when they give their opinion. How dare you get mad? I do want to put that on people's posts, but I don't want to go into a big debate. But how are you going to get mad when you the one put up on when you post it up? So now you don't right. want to um, comment on it. You should be very happy. Don't worry about nobody coming. You don't want to put your business out there. But um, as she said, you do this instead. This may be the time when you need to remember how successful or valuable you've been in other situations or for other people. How well your other relationships went? Did you do it this way? Did you do it that way? Did you break up where it was fair game? No. So those are things that you have to think about when you're actually breaking up. And, Georgian, you hit it on the nail with your book. I mean, your book is simplistic. I think it's hitting everything that everyone probably out here is going through and don't know how about going to solve it. But... Why does your way of working with people make such a huge difference in their life? Because it brings it from the subconscious automatic response into thoughtful, uh, kind, well, well, thoughtful dealings with everybody else. So we operate Uh from our our best self. We're not reacting. We are acting, which is very different. Okay. Okay. now, what are what are some of the differences, if you if if you don't mind? What are some of the ones? Um, the differences, because you said they're very different. So, can you probably well, elaborate instance, more? On the yes. Yeah. So, for instance, if if someone, um, well, you see it every day. If someone uh, uh, cuts you off and you're driving on the highway, you can either oh. say they must be in a rush. Maybe they're on their way to the hospital. Or you could say, I'm going to show them. Who do they think they are? Music would be B option for me. <laughs> be right? mad. So, so, yeah. so, so that's a simple one. It's the same being in a store. If you go into a store and you're waiting to be served, and the person that you're, you're waiting for is either talking on the phone or busy doing something, writing something down, and you start all this the self-talk that goes through your head about don't they know that I'm here, I'm a customer, don't they, you know, why aren't they paying attention to me? All of that negative stuff goes through your mind until you realize that that's not your value system. Your value system may be included understanding or compassion or whatever. And you may, be, you may say to yourself, maybe this is something she has to do. She's got a boss she's reporting into. Or she'll get to me when she can. I'm not in a terrible rush. You know, we're not the center of the world. And I think it's important for us to consider that other people's reaction to us isn't how we behave. Hmm. Shouldn't be how we behave. Right. A lot of people, yeah, this world could probably flow so smoothly if people thought that way. Instead of thinking, yeah. oh, well, you're being ignorant at this moment. Yeah, because I, I, sometimes I have um, arrived to that point where I'm like, oh, Okay, so you're not going to listen to me. I'm trying to talk to you right now. I do it a lot of times with my husband. I'm like, oh, he's not listening to me, and I want you to listen to me right then. They're like, I want you to stop what you're doing, and I want you to take out this five or six minutes, whatever, and just listen to me. And we we have a tendency to do that. I know I'm not the only one guilty. <laughs> right, right. 
you know, instead of maybe going to him and saying, you know, it's something important I want to talk to you about, when can we sit down for 10 minutes and, and focus on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, yes. But yes. we don't do yes. but we Logically, we don't do that sometimes. We don't. Right. We do not do that. No, so that's the difference between acting acting and reacting. And by the way, I explain a lot of this on some um, YouTube videos. So people go into YouTube and just go into Georgina Cannon, uh, Third Circle Protocol. They can see a lot about about this on, on the YouTube channel, as well as my website, of course. Yeah. Oh, that would definitely, definitely be awesome. And I had that issue about two weeks ago with one of my coworkers. Um, I didn't understand him and he wasn't listening to me and he blowed up at me. And I was like, wait a minute, how you blow up at me? And I didn't understand. He was like, well, I was putting in a nice way. I was like, well, your tone was not nice to me. So when we finally actually talked about it, I was like, okay, you know what? I was wrong. Cause logically I should have seen from your point of view, but I blowed up taking it way out of proportion. So it, it doesn't, and trust believe me, it doesn't hurt to apologize. If you have to apologize, go right ahead. Oh, sure. Right. But, Georgina, before we even go off the air, because you talk about relationships with professionals in our life. So how can I have the same relationship with my dentist as it is with my lawyer? And why would I even care? Well, you care because you want them to react with you with the best they've got to offer, not just see you like another number, right? I mean, part of their job is to be nice to you because they want to keep you as a patient or a client, but you want more than that. You want them to feel that you care about them as a human being, and you want them to care about you as a human being. So go prepared. This is what they told me, all of them. So if you're going to the dentist, make sure your teeth are clean. If you have a pain in in your mouth, then make sure you know exactly where it is so they know where to look. If you're going to your doctor or your physician, your medical professional, make sure you take a notepad with you and pen to write down what they say. If you've got questions to ask, And if you've got questions to ask, write those down, too, because we forget sometimes. Uh, When we leave, we say, oh, we should have asked that. So go prepared. Go prepared always. And um, and if you're going to the the doctor and you're going to have a physical examination, go wearing something that's easy to get in and out of. I mean, you know, (laughs) if you have to go straight from work, then change in the washroom before you go into some, you know, jogging stuff or something, something easy so that they can... Take your, you know, measure your heart and measure your blood pressure and all of that. So go prepared. Be uh, respectful of them and their time as well as you want them to be respectful of you and your time. And that's a big one. The same with the lawyer. If you've gone, got to go to a lawyer, take all the facts with you. Write them down. Point form. The date. What happened. Exact facts. Not your opinion. Remember you're paying them by the hour. And quite often it's by the 15 minutes. So use the time very carefully and very professionally. And they will respect you for it. They will see you differently. They'll they'll see you as someone who's thoughtful and kind and smart. And that's what you want. Yes, that's exactly what we want. We want to all Mm -hmm. do this in a peaceful manner. If we can come to a a resolution, that would definitely work. But Georgina, I appreciate you for being on the show. Tell us where we could purchase your book at, darling. You can um, purchase it at Amazon.com. Uh, they've been sold out actually three times already, but you can, if, if they are sold out when you go in again, they just place your order and they'll ship it to you. Or go to your local Barnes & Noble or bookstore and order it there if they don't have it. But Amazon for sure. Oh, well, thank you again for being on the show. And before I leave any of you, my truth for the day from my friend Mary Ellen is this. Your natural state of being is to be vibrant, happy, and alive. When you become worn out and run down, you receive what you need from the universe, God. At times, all of us feel tired, and it is during these times we need to slow down and recharge. Vitamins, healthy eating, and rest may restore your physical body to its natural state. Exercise and moving your body will free the toxins need to move through your body being eliminated. When you feel run down, take a moment to look at how you are thinking, feeling, and acting. You may have too much to deal with, and these stressors are overwhelming you, draining your energy. Understand the feeling of being run down has less to do with what you are doing and more to do with the fact that in your heart, you would rather be doing something else. Today and always, look to your heart, 
honored in all situations. Enjoy the day, everyone. And remember this, either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals will ex- will expand to match your mind. So let's grow, everyone, and I will see you on another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia tomorrow at noon. So don't be late. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 